there are three revelations that I'm going to be showing you in the Word. Each revelation takes the revelation further. Each person. And those three people are going to be Peter, Paul, and John. So let's read Revelation chapter 1, first, the first three verses, and then we'll give you our subject. And we'll get that from the book of Exodus chapter 3, verse 1 through 3. Everybody understand what I'm doing? Revelation chapter 1 says, The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave to him. So we know that God gave to John the revelation, which God gave to him to show unto his servants. Now, his servants were the apostles and prophets. So God gave John the revelation so he could send it to the seven churches in Asia Minor, or show it to his servants, the prophets, and the apostles. Because, thank God we finally get it, got it. But that was his intent. Which must shortly come to pass. Once again, which must shortly come to pass. Now, if something will shortly come to pass, this was not the first person told you that his message will shortly come to pass. It was not the first person who told you that the Lord was near. Because that's what I read for you in 2 Timothy 4, 6-8, for a whole month, two, three months. Can we go back to that one more time? 2 Timothy chapter 4. We're looking at time now. I'm talking to those people who still don't think the Lord has come yet. This is your message. For I'm not ready to be offered, Paul says, and the time of my departure is at hand. Let's, let's go and see what at hand means. Because John just got through saying, and let's go back to John now, the revelation of Jesus Christ, chapter 1, verse 1. John says, the revelation of Jesus Christ was God gave to him to show unto his servants thing which must shortly come to pass. And he, sit, and he signified it by an angel unto his servant John. So the servants were the prophets who bear record of the word of God. Now, that's very important because John bear record of the word of God and of the testimony of Jesus Christ and of all things that he saw. And blessed three said, blessed is he that readeth and they that hear the words of this prophecy and keep those things which are written for the time is at Hand. Again, shortly come to pass, the time is at hand. So let's deal with that. I'm talking about Exodus chapter 3. We're going to come back there and give you those time is near, time is at hand. We're going to show you what that meant. Let's go back and give you our subject in the book of Exodus and chapter 3. 
In the book of Exodus chapter 3, God was about to send Moses into Egypt. Just like it was when God sent his son. Let me say it again. If you could understand Moses was sent to Egypt, you could understand that Christ was sent to his people. That's a parallel. Can you see that parallel? If I put Moses over there and I put Christ over here and both of them start, both is going to the people. One is going to deliver them out of Egypt. One is coming to deliver them out of sin. If you understand Moses, you understand Christ. He wrote about me. He was just a type in the shadow. Okay. Now, what had to happen? I'm going to read the first 12 verses, but right now I just want to give you the first three verses. In verse number one, he said, Now Moses kept the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the backside of the desert. He came to the mountain of God, even to Mount Horeb. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire out of the midst of the bush. And he looked and behold, the bush burned with fire, but the bush was not consumed. Moses said, I will now turn aside to see this great sight while the bush is not burnt. All right. Now let's go down because I'm going to finish reading this in a moment because he's he going to meet God. But I want to sh show him what God said to him. Go down to verse number uh, 14. Start at verse 13. I'm sorry. I need to do that verse too. Verse number 13. Moses said to God. Behold, when I come to the children of Israel and they say to, say to them and, and shall say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you and they shall say to me, what is his name? What shall I say to them? And God said to Moses, five words, five letters, three words, five letters. I am that I am. Say I am that. All right, I am. So you have to see that they separated all of those because they're all capital. I am, then he said, use the word that, I am. And he said, thus shall I say to the children of Israel, then they're going to say it differently. I am has sent me to you. Say that with me. I am has sent me to you. All right, so he gave us something that we can go on. Now, the, now John is going to have the revelation of this. Remember, John found out who he was, although he had been with him three and a half years in ministry. He really found out for us the revelation of Jesus Christ at the end of his ministry. And that's why he was put on the island of Patmos so God can reveal himself to him and show that to us. So when you go back into the word of God, which all of this is going to come out in the first teaching. But let's go back to. So I'm, I'm going to be talking about today part one of the first volume, which is a revelation of Jesus Christ. Which is Revelation one, one through three, the revelation of Jesus Christ, which is going to be your series. But I want to talk about meeting the I am. That's going to be Exodus chapter 3.
This is something that I, I want to put in this series because I'm going to get into a lot of things in this series. Meeting the I am. And I'm going to show you four people that met the I am. And I'm going to show you four people and what they experienced when they met the I am. Showing you how we got the word. Somebody had to meet the I am before you can get your word today. So I want you to appreciate this Bible you have in your hand. Because if somebody did not pay the price, you would not have the word of God today. See, if that was no Moses, who was the most meekest man on the face of the earth, who will go up and talk to God, and God will reveal himself to him. See, you've got to go back and look at all what all these people went through and suffered so we can have the word of God. All right? I'm going to come back to that, but I want, I want, to, I want to say something to you. Uh, God is going to send him in Egypt. We're going to look at all of that. We're going, to, we're going to do that, but not now. I'm just laying a little groundwork here. So what I want to be able to show you, I'm going to show you Moses met the I am. Well, let's go back and I want to show you because Revelation says, gave us a time. And I think when we hear the word at hand, you know, you got people who will say the Lord still hasn't come yet. So what is at hand? What is shortly come to pass? Let's let the word of God answer, answer that for us. Now, if you just put down the word, Paul says in 2 Timothy 4, 6, my departure is at hand. Now, if Paul departs at hand, if you say the book of Revelation hasn't happened yet, then you're saying Paul is not dead yet. Because both was at hand. I'm just trying to get you to see truth. That's all I want to get you to do. And I believe if somebody would see truth, you got to know somebody lying to you. See, that's what, that's what preaching the gospel is. Can you see the truth? Can you handle it? Can you believe it when you see it? That's why you have faith. Faith is God's power so you can believe the word. So we have a Bible that's been taught us by religious tradition of men. People who didn't know, but they knew something. But a lot of things they told us wasn't right. And the Lord hasn't come yet is one of them. It's not what the Bible teaches. So if you're still waiting on the Lord is my point, then you have not received Christ in your heart. See, I don't think people realize... I want to use the word detrimental because that's how serious this is. Your life depends on it. You can't believe two things. Either you believe Christ is in you or you believe he's coming. And I'm going to show you in the word of God, he has already come. Now, now let me show you this, this word near, because I gave you two places. I gave you 2 Timothy 4, 6, the Lord is at hand. 
And then I gave you Revelation chapter 1 and verse 3 said, Blessed is he that readeth and they that hear the words of this prophecy and keep those things which are written therein, for the time is at hand. This word at hand means near. Now, you don't have to take my word for it. You got a, a phone. You get a chance sometime, not while I'm preaching. <clears throat> Just Google the word at hand, near. It's the same word. So when the Bible said the time is at hand, it's near. It's nearby. It's a short time. A short time away. A short distance away. Now, the reason why they give you all these definitions is because I'm not going to these, but I'm going to show you. In John 19, when I read John 19, verse 38 through 42, they was going to bury Jesus, and they said, and the sepulcher was nigh at hand. Now, if the sepulcher was not at hand, you have to be honest enough to say the sepulcher was near. They didn't have to take the body on the other side of town to bury it. There was a sepulchre near. Romans 13, 12 says, the day is at hand. While I'm doing it, just put them on the screen. I'm not going to be able to go to them. Revelation 13 and verse 12. See, if you just read the Bible, it tells you that the day is at hand. Now, people would tell you the day is at hand what, the day, what day? The day of the Lord. It's plain and simple. The day of the Lord is at hand. But then people take that and say, the day of the Lord has not come. And you'll believe that instead of believing your Bible. Revelation, Romans 13, 12 is what I'm waiting for. Romans 13, 12 says the day is at hand. Romans chapter 13 and verse 12 is what I'm waiting for. Romans 13, 12 says... Is that Romans 13 and 12? Yeah, I know that's Revelation. I said Romans chapter 13 and verse 12 is what I'm waiting for. I just want to show you in the Word. See, if you see it in the Word, that's what this is all about. The book of Romans, chapter 13 and verse 12. The night is first spent, the day is at hand. It don't say it's 2,000 years from now. It said the day is at hand. The day is near. Let us cast off the works of darkness. Let us put on the arm of God. See, you, if you take what the words say, it's very important. Second Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse 2. Second Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse 2. See, everybody look at the thief coming as a thief in the night, but they never look at the time. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse 2. I'm just going to sit here and just wait. That you be not soon shaken in mind or be troubled, nor by spirit, nor a word, nor a letter from us, as that the day of Christ is at hand. See, everything I tell you, the day of Christ is near. Philippians chapter 4 and verse 5. This is Paul. Paul said that. Peter said that. James said that. And yet people still say he hadn't come yet. Somebody lying. That's not God. Let your moderation be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Over and over and over. First Peter 4, 7. Let's see what Peter says. 
1 Peter 4, 7. See, somewhere down the line, you're going to ask yourself, am I believing what man says? Am I believing the Bible? Because the Bible says the Lord's at hand. But the end of all things is at hand. Not 2,000 years from now. It's near. Be therefore sober and watch under prayer. That's Peter. Then he gave us the last of the book, Revelation 22.10. Let's go to the last of the book. And let's see what John said. John said it at the first of the book. He said to me, seal not the sand of this prophecy of this book, for the time is at hand. So otherwise, the time was near. The time was a short distance away. It was a short time. See, that's what he was saying. And we know because at that time, but let's, let's show you something else. Let's go to the Gospel of St. John. And let's go see what Jesus says to John. Let's go to look at uh, chapter 19. The Gospel of John. Now, when you read the Gospel of John, you're going to find out that God gave John the revelation, which I showed you already, the revelation of Jesus Christ. He gave three men his revelation. The Gospel of John at the last of the chapter, 19. I'm sorry, chapter 21, the last chapter. I'm sorry. John chapter number 21. Now, let's back up and let's see what he said to Peter. Let's back up to verse 18. So, because what really prompted this is Jesus just told Peter how he's going to die. And now Peter want to know, what about John? So, I'm glad Peter asked that question because the Lord told us about John. Now, in, in John 21, 18... He's talking to Peter. Verily, verily, I say to you, Peter, when you was young, you girded yourself, and you walked whether you wouldeth. But when you, are, when you shall be old, thou shalt stretch forth thy hand, and another shall gird thee, and carry thee whether thou wouldest not. He's talking about the death he's going to die. Next verse spake that. This spake he signified by what death Peter was going to die. What death he shall glorify God, and when he has spoken this, he said to him, follow me. Now, history records, I do not see that in the Bible, that Peter was crucified upside down because he did not want to be crucified like the Lord. All that's good, but I don't teach where I can't see it in the Word. All I know is he died. All right? All the apostles... But I'm going to show you something about John. Now, we know if I go all the way back to John, I can see where Peter and John, if I go back to chapter 3, see, you have to know who John was. John was Zebedee's son. She was one of the women who was at the, listen to me, she was one of the women who was at the cross when Jesus was crucified. Zebedee. John's mother. So you had more than one James. 
you had James, which was Zebedee's son, or John, the apostle who God gave the revelation to. And you had James, the Lord's brother. Both were Jesus' apostles. This was that James, that was Zebedee's son, John's brother, was beheaded in Acts chapter 12. John witnessed his own brother being beheaded. He was put in prison. John and Peter, Peter and John, were put in prison. And they really wanted to kill them. But the Bible said that the angel of the Lord came that night and let them out of prison and told them to go preach the word. Many things have been written by John. Some people say he was born in all and couldn't kill him. I'm not that person. All I know is he was still alive when the Lord returned because the Bible says so. Uh, let's go. John chapter number 21. And then we're going to go in verse number 20. We're in John 21 and 20. So Jesus told Peter, what death he's going to die? But he told him to follow me. In verse 20, then Peter, turning about, see the disciples whom John, who Jesus loved. Nowhere in the Bible you're going to find John 9. You're only going to find the apostle who the Lord loves. We know that's who he was. He wrote the book. It says, whom Jesus loved, talking about John, following, which also leaned on his breath at supper, we know that was John, and said, Lord, which is he that betrayed? That's what John asked in John 13. Peter, seeing him, John, said to Jesus, Lord, what shall this man do? And you just told me what death I'm going to die. Jesus said to him, if I will, I'm going to read this out to NLT next. It's just this one verse. Jesus said to him, if I will that he tarry till I come, what is this to you? You just follow me. Then went out the saying abroad to the brethren that that disciples should not die. Yet Jesus said not to him, he shall not die. But if I will that you tarry till I come, what is that to you? This is that disciple which testified of these things and wrote these things. And we know that his testimony is true. And there are also many other things which Jesus did, which in, if they should have been written. Everyone, I suppose that even the world itself could not contain the books that should be written. Amen. Now this is the man that gave you the book we call the book of Revelation or the revelation of Jesus Christ. This is the man gave you the gospel of John. This is the man that gave you 1 John, 2 John, and 3 John. And so when he started out writing to you the gospel of John, I know I tell you we're going somewhere. Let's go back to John 1. For, okay, you got it? Okay, Lord, what shall this man do? All right, we just saw that. I won't throw it out to NLT. That's it. Peter turned and saw 
him behind the disciples Jesus loved, the one who leaned on Jesus' breath and supper, asked him, who will betray us? The next verse. Peter says, what about him, Lord? Jesus replied, if I want him to remain alive till I come, if I want him to remain alive till I come, what is that to you? Follow thou me. Let me ask you a question. If you believe that Jesus hadn't come yet, you have to also believe that John is still alive. Now, it doesn't take nothing, doesn't take all that to figure this out. Jesus just said, if I will that he remain alive till I come, what is that to you? So my point is, if Jesus hadn't come yet, then you have to also believe that John is still alive. I mean, wouldn't that, wouldn't that go together? I guess no witness. I guess, let me talk to a camera or something. I just can't understand why you can't see that. Jesus says, no, 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 I didn't say. Jesus said, if he is alive when I come, what is that to you? So my point is, if you're going to believe that Jesus had not come, you have to also believe John is still alive. You can't believe one without the other. See, I'm showing you that Jesus had to already come because John is not 2,000 years old. Still waiting for Jesus. But the thing that John learned, he learned them on the island of Patmos. Let me show you one. Let's go to the gospel. Let's go to the book of Revelation chapter 19. In the book of Revelation chapter 19, see, I, I, I'm, re I'm doing this here because I got to get you with me first. Because if you don't, you're not with me, you're not going to get this. This is, this is, you just won't get it. Just believe me. I haven't began to take you where I want to take you. To be able to understand what I'm getting ready to show you, he had the revelation of Jesus Christ. See, all three are revelations. I'm going to show you that. I'm going to show you in Matthew 16, Peter was given a revelation. I'm going to show you also in Romans 16, 25, the apostle Paul was given a revelation of a mystery. And then I'm going to show you in Revelation chapter 1, John was given the revelation of Jesus Christ. Three different revelations were given to three different men. And that's why we have three different books that you have to know. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. That was the revelation that Jesus the Christ, the Son of God, given to Peter. Then you have to move over to Paul writing the revelation of the mystery. Then you had to move over to John writing the revelation of Jesus Christ. How many can see that? So you got three different people with three different mysteries and all about Christ. Now when, when Paul writes the revelation of the mystery, he's writing everything John is writing, but he's not writing it like John. Let me give you an example. When John was given the revelation, John was given the revelation of the seven I am's. How many have ever heard about the seven I am's? See, if you know what the seven I am's are, you know only John was given the seven I am's. Why? Because God gave him the seven I am's. Now, that's why I read to you Moses. 
Because only Moses knew the I am and has met the I am. So when God revealed himself to John, even during his ministry, the rest of the disciples did not catch it. And I don't believe John really got it until he's on the island of Patmos when the Holy Ghost brought it back to him. Remember after Jesus rose from the dead, he said, when the heat of the spirit of the truth has come, he will guide you into all truth. He will take of mind and he will show it to you. And I believe why John was on the island of Patmos is when the Holy Ghost is going to remind him that Jesus told them that he was the I am. So every book you read in John chapter 6, start writing these down. Start writing these down. Might as well give them to you. John chapter 6, verse 35. We're going to get into these. I'm just giving you something to whet your appetite. John chapter 6, verse 35. Jesus told you that I am the bread of life. Now, only you're going to find this in John. You're not going to find it in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. You're only going to find it in John because this is why I believe John was put in the island of Papa and he had received the revelation of Jesus Christ. So he realized that Jesus Christ was the I am. I'm going to show you something else he realized with Jesus Christ in just a moment. He realized that Jesus Christ was the I am. Now, when I go to Revelation chapter 19, uh, I'm going to start reading that. Uh, uh, blah, 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 blah. I'm going to start reading verse to me 11. So you can put that down. So when I say I'm going to go to Revelation 19, what I'm going to go? Revelation 19, 11. I'm going to start there. All right, then you want to put down after that, I'm going to go to the Gospel of St. John, chapter 1, verse 1. I'm going to go back to Genesis, chapter 1, verse 1. I'm sorry, the Revelation 19, I'm not going to be able to do now. Change that one to Revelation, chapter 21. I may have to. I may have to do that. Yep, I'm going to have to do Revelation 19, verse 11 through verse 16. Leave it there. All right. Now, what I just said, I'm going to go to. Huh? John 6, 35. I say, I'm going to give you first the bread of life. So turn your Bible, that's what I want to show it to you. We're going to do it quickly. We're going to go through them quickly. All of these in the Gospel of John. John chapter 6. See, I'm going to give them to you, and I hope that you will take them and work them. Work it out. Work on them. John chapter 6, verse 35. When you get this, say Amen. All right, it says, Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Who is he? Remember, if John had the revelation of Jesus Christ, he had learned who he really is, right? Amen. See, I'm showing you, I'm showing you your, your God. I'm showing you who you have in you. See, I got another series that's going to come after this series. It's going to take this to another level. That's why if you don't get this one, next series, you're just going to go to sleep. I'll wake you up when it's over. John chapter 6, verse 35, Jesus said, I am the bread of life. Watch what it says. 
Back at the verse, back at the verse 31. Let's, let's read that together. John 6, 31. Let's read it together. Let's back up. He said, our father did eat man in the wilderness. As it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. Then said Jesus to them, verily, verily, I say to you, Moses gave you not, remember, not that bread from heaven, but my father give you the true bread from heaven. Now watch what's going on here, because this is what we were doing, what people are still doing today. When they put that on the table, they are rejecting the true bread. Because there's nowhere in the world you can know what I know about the bread and still eat that bread. Watch what it said. John chapter 6. He said, but my father, in verse 32, give you the true bread from heaven. And then it says in verse 33. For the bread of God. Now this is who in you. The bread of God. Is he, Christ, which cometh down from heaven and giveth life unto the world. So what is Christ in you doing? That's right. That's why Romans 8 said, And the spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. So he's not just in you. He is God's life in you. This is how you absolutely is living. That's the life of God in you. And then verse number 34, then said he on the, I'm sorry, verse 33 is the bread of God as he was coming down from heaven and giveth life to the world. Then said he to them, Lord, evermore give us this bread. That sound like the woman in John chapter 4 when she learned out that he is the living water, right? Lord, evermore give us that water, right? Once you realize that you're going to want that water, now you're going to want that bread. All right, verse number 34. Lord, evermore give us that bread. And Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger. He that believeth on me shall never thirst. So he just gave you the, the water, the chapter before, right? Now he gave you the bread. Why? Because you got the water and the bread, you are never thirst again. Otherwise, you never ever worry again, are you saved or not? Once you get this water in you, once you get this bread in you, you will never hunger again. You will never ask anybody again, am I saved? That question would never come to your mind again. John chapter 6. The next over. Once you get this in you, You'll see what happened in John chapter 7. I'm going to stop by there and show you while I'm passing by. Just passing by. John chapter 7 and verse 37. See, once you get this living water in you and your living bread, John 7, 37 said, in the last day. Now, this was a feast, which I'm going to show you some in a moment. It was called the Feast of Tabernacles. John 7, 37, what, what? The Feast of Tabernacles. Now, Jesus had to return during the Feast of Tabernacles. Why? Because he had to be at every feast. He fulfilled every feast. Let me ask you a question. Was he at the Passover? He had to fulfill the Passover. 
See, if you know the seventh feast, you'll know what I'm talking about. This is found in Leviticus chapter 23. We hope to go there in this service, in this series. Leviticus 23 will give you the seventh feast. The first feast is the feast of Passover. That's why on April the 15th, every year on the Jewish calendar, the Passover starts. And then in three days, you will celebrate three feasts. The second feast is the feast of unleavened bread. Unleavened bread speaks of his death. And then you have the feast of first fruit, which speaks of his resurrection. And so I'm going to show you those feasts when I go through them. And so when you read Paul teaching, write this down, 1 Corinthians 15, verse 20. Let me, let me do those on the screen out of the NLT. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 20 through 22. I'm going to show you something. When Jesus rose from the dead, he was the first fruit of them that slept. What does that mean, pastor? He was the first of the resurrection. Otherwise, the resurrection began with Christ. Amen. See, you can't go 2,000 years ago and start the resurrection over. When Christ got up from the dead, he was the first fruit of them that slept. He was the first to rise from the dead. And we were risen with Christ. So when you, know, when you know these, and then that's why the fourth one was the Feast of Pentecost. And that's why Feast of Pentecost was a gathering of seven times seven days, which equal 49 days. And that's why Christ could not remain at Pentecost, he had to leave 10 days before when you study your Bible and the Holy Ghost will come at the Feast of, of Pentecost. See, I know what happened. You read your Bible, you read Acts chapter 2 and the Bible says, and when the day of See, some of you, do y'all really know what happened to Acts chapter 2? It said when the day of what? Pentecost will fully come. When Jesus left 10 days earlier, he couldn't stay because the Holy Ghost had to come. So he told them that if they had to wait 10 days. When you read your Bible, you see that. And on the fifth day, the Holy Ghost came. It was called the day of Pentecost. You got to know what happened because Jesus and the Holy Ghost is not two different persons. Let me show you this in John. I hope you can handle this. John chapter 16. And let's start reading in verse 22. That's why I said to you, God did not give you his name. He gave his disciples his name. And I'm going to show you in the book of Revelation that he has a new name. Ho, ho, ho. You got folks saying, Jesus Christ, we're going to crown. Now we had a song that said, crown him, crown him. We're going to lay our, lay our crowns at his feet. We're going to crown. No, you're not going to do none of that. 
That's already been done. But watch this. In the Gospel of John chapter 16 and verse 22, King James says, And now you know therefore sorrow, and you now therefore have sorrow, but I will see you again. Huh? And your heart shall rejoice, and your joy no man taketh from you. In that day, you shall ask me nothing. Verily, verily, I say to you, whatsoever you ask the Father in my name, he will give it to you. He's not talking to you. See, we got that from religious folks. Every time we said something, we had to say Jesus' name because that's how we know we got it. Why you have to ask for what you already have? They had to ask in Jesus' name because their salvation was in Jesus' name. God kept them in Jesus' name. You read John chapter 17. Father, I have kept them in thy name. Their divine protection of keeping them was you are kept because Christ in you. You're not kept because you in his name. You are his name. You're not in his name. You are his name. He that named the name of Christ. You are his name. Jesus was the Father's name. Christ is the Son's name. You are the name of the Son. Don't take a little while for that soak in. I know don't take a little while. Mm-hmm. See, you're saying you're the body of Christ, but you're like, I'm the body of Christ. You are really, aren't you? You are the temple of living God. You really are, right? In that day, you shall ask me nothing. Verily, verily, I say to you, whatsoever you shall ask the Father in my name, he will give it you. He will give it you. Blessed, blessed be God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has. See, if you, you can't put two together. Either he has blessed you or you still trying to get it. Hitherto you shall ask me nothing. Ask that you shall receive that your joy may be full. These things I've spoken to you in Proverbs. Oh, <laughs> Proverbs. But the time coming when I shall no more speak to you in Proverbs, but I will show you plainly of the Father. At that day you shall ask in my name, and I say to you that I will pray the Father for you. For the Father himself loveth you because he loved me, and, he be, and, I be, and, and, and have believed that I came out from the Father. I came forth, got to listen to his words. I came forth from the Father, and I'm coming to the world. And again, I leave the world, and I go to the Father. Now, there's only one God, so what is he meaning? When he came here, he put on flesh, and he became the son of the living God. And then he died, buried, and raised again from the dead, took our flesh, and now he's the spirit of the living God. Let me put it another way. John said it this way. In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. Verse 14, skip ahead, verse number 14. And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. The Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. Well, he's still the Word. He just had flesh on so he pulled flesh off, and now he's the word again. Some of y'all just can't help So you don't understand, he is the word, capital W-O-R-D. 
That's why I'm doing my best to make sure you believe the word of God. That is who he is. So when he came here, he came here in the name of his father. I am come in my father's name and you receive me not. So John didn't know who he was really until he rose from the dead because God gave him the seven I am's. Shall we continue? All right. I want to show you that Jesus says in John chapter 16 and verse number 13. Are you there? Let's back it at verse 13. How be it when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. He shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak. He will show you things to come. He shall glorify me, for he shall receive a mind and show it unto you. All things that the Father has are mine, therefore I say to you, he shall take a mind and show it unto you. Now, Jesus says, we will come to you. He says also, I will come to you. Well, which one does it mean? If he said, I will come to you, and we will come to you, who really came to you? Hmm. That's going to be your assignment, Miss Crump. Why don't you find me those places in John where he says, I will come to you. He just got through saying the Holy Ghost. That's in either 14, 15, or 16. When the confidence come. And then he says, I will come to you. 14, 26. 14, 26. I want the one when he said, I now. John chapter 14. That can't be that. He, you have to say. See, he's going to tell you in John 14, 15, 16, one little chapter, that the Holy Ghost is going to come. And the same verse, he's going to say, I will come. 14, All right, let's show it to you. I will not leave you comfortless. Now, let's go back to verse 16. Back at verse 16. I will pray to Father, he will give you another comforter. That he may abide with you forever. Even the spirit of truth, because the world cannot receive, because it sees him not, neither knoweth him. But you know him, for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. I will not leave you comfortless. Watch what he says. I will come to you. Wait a minute. In verse 13 of the same chapter, I will come to you. In verse 28, let's go to verse 28. Same chapter. You have heard now that I said to you that I go away, I come again unto you. If you love me, you will rejoice because I says, I go to the Father, but my Father is greater than I. So he's telling them in verse 18, he says, I will come to you. Isn't that something? Verse 19. 
Yet a little while and the world sees me no more. But you see me. Because I live, you shall live also. At that day you shall know that I am the Father and you in me and I in you. They said to him, why would you show yourself to us and not to the world? Verse 23, Jesus said to him, if a man love me, he'll keep my words. And my Father will love him and we, let's get that one. Jesus said to them, if a man love me, he will keep my words and my Father will love him and we will come to him. Let's go get those things I told you we're going to get. Let's go to Revelation chapter 19. In the book of Revelation chapter 19 and verse 11, I saw heaven open. Now John, this is when he was on the island of Patmos. That's why when you read Revelation chapter 1, he said, I was on the island of Patmos. So he's writing his book then. I saw the heavens open, and behold, a white horse. He that sat upon the horse was called Faithful and True. In righteousness doth he judge and make war. His eyes were the flame of fire. On his head were many crowns. Well, I thought we were going to put that crown on his head. Mm. Well, too late, Jesus. You already got your crown. Now, here it is. And he had a name written that no man knew but he himself. He was clothed with a vesta dipped in blood. And his name is called the Word of God. What's his name? So when you don't want the Word, oh, I love the Lord Jesus, but you don't want the Word. Something wrong with that picture. Because he is the Word of God. As a matter of fact, when John go back to John 1 and 1, he's going to say, in the beginning was the word of God. And the word was, and the word was, and then the word put on flesh, and then the word put on, died, buried, and raised again from the dead. And when he rose from the dead, John said, I know who he is now. Here we go. So we got to make sure we don't crown him king too. And verse number 13, he was clothed with a vessel dipped in blood. His name is called, not going to be called. Is the word of God. And the armies which were in heaven followed him upon white horses, clothed in linen, white and clean. He put in out of his mouth goes a sharp sword, and it was what that sharp sword? <laughs> that word, right? Is that word, right? You know that from Ephesians. Ephesians told you it's the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. All right? Which he shall smite the nations, he shall rule them with a rod of iron and tread. Treasure the wide wine press of the filters of the wrath of Almighty God. And he has, he just told you he has on his vesture a name written that no man know but he who read it, and he, he, no man know but him himself is called the word of God. But he didn't stop there. He has on his vesture and on his thigh a, a name written. Now he's going to tell you the name written. He says the word of God. Now he's going to say it's the king of kings. So you're not going to crown, crown him. No, you're not going to crown him. He is the king of kings and he's the Lord of lords. See, the key is when you say that he has not come, you are saying that he is not the word of God. You are saying he is not the king yet. John is telling you what he saw and what he wrote. 
Look at, look at Genesis, I mean, I'm uh, sorry, John 1 and 1. See, if, if, you, if you're going to believe the word, you've got to believe the word. Now, John is not writing you the book because John didn't have no time to write no book. <laughs> they put John on the island of Patmos. John used to be over all the churches of, of, of Asia. That's why Paul had to bring in Ephesus. He had to bring Timothy in to take over the church of Ephesus because John was on the island of Patmos for the word of God and for the testimony which he held. But when he got off that island of Patmos, he wrote this book. In the beginning was the word. Now you can see why he said that. Because he realized who he really is. He's the word of God. In the beginning was the word and the word. See, he's not, saying, he's not calling him Jesus now. <laughs> he know who he is. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God and the word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. So when you read in the beginning God Genesis, he's saying this is the same man that wrote you Genesis 1 and 1. All things were made by him and without him was not anything made than that was made. In him was life and the life was the light of men. See, he's writing this story now. And the light shineth in darkness and the darkness comprehended not. Verse number nine, that was the true light. So what is he giving you? He's giving you the same thing, the I am's. That was the true light, which lightens every man that comes into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made by him, and the world knew him not. He came to his own. See, all this he's writing you because he's already gone. John is telling you what happened. He's writing this story. He came to his own people and his own people received him not. He's already been, died, buried, and raised again from the dead. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God. To as many as believed on his name, which was born not of blood, not of the will of man, not of the will of flesh, but of God. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. See, he's writing his story now. Jesus gone. He's writing his story. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. We beheld his glory. My God Almighty. When he was on the mountain of transfiguration, we were there, we, we saw him transfigured. We beheld his glory. The glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. John bare witness of him, crying, This is he of whom I speak. He that cometh after me is preferred before me, before he was before me. He know him now. And of his fullness have we all received grace for grace. The law was given by Moses. See, he's straightened them all out now. Moses gave you the law. But grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. No man has seen God at any time. Now, you, listen, 
He's saying, look, no man has seen God in time. When I get to the book of Revelation, John's going to say, and when I saw him, I fell on my face as dead. He laid his right hand upon me saying, I am Omega, Alpha and Omega. I am the beginning and the end. I'm the first and the last. Write the thing that thou seest in a book. John said, no man has seen God any time. The only begotten son. He's talking about the Godhead. The only begotten son, which is in the bosom of the Father. He has declared him. He's the only one that was able to dwell, like Paul said in 1 Timothy 6, he dwells in a light that no man could enter. Only the Son could go in that light where the Father is and come out. Who's going to take the book out of his hand? And what for? Jesus would take the book and give it to John and say, you must prophesy. You're going to fulfill Ezekiel. Take the book and eat it up. In your mouth it shall be sweet as honey and your belly shall be bitter. You shall prophesy again. What an awesome thing. But God will revenge the prophets and the apostles of all of Israel's persecutions. What they've done to all the prophets will be revenged in the book of Revelation. Man, my time is already gone. I thank you for yours. First Corinthians chapter 15. Hey, don't go anywhere, man. I just started. Today, I'm just giving you an overview. Then I'm going to take you from Moses to all the way down to Ezekiel, down through Daniel. And I'm going to take you down through Paul. And I'm going to take you all the way down to the end of the book, the book of Revelation. These men knew him. They knew him. For he had laid his hands on them. First Corinthians chapter 15 verse 1 said, Moreover, brothers, I declare to you the gospel which I preach to you, which also you have received and where you stand, by which also you are saved, if you keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless you have believed in vain. I deliver you first of all that which I also received, how Christ died for our sins, according to the scripture, and that he was buried and that he rose again, according to the scripture. Our Lord Jesus the Christ, the Word, the Son of the living God. Hey, we just began. My time is up. I thank you for yours. And the door of faith is open unto you. Thank you for listening to the Dora Faith Ministries podcast. I hope this message was a blessing to you and we look forward to seeing you on the next episode. If you're listening on iTunes, be sure to give us a five-star rating. Also, be sure to find us online at www.mydoorfaith.org. That's www.mydoorfaith.org.